Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing on this fine afternoon, Robert? Excellent. You know, for you know, for, for the listener that's that's here with us today and, and, and listening, boy, oh boy, if there was ever an episode that you're going to get some chock full of information uh, in regards to uh, a certain NFL division, today is that day. Yeah, we got two East Coast people here, New Jersey for me, New York for you. So I'm excited about this. And I'm not just saying that because obviously we are talking the NFC East and the New York Giants have been my team since I started rooting for them at the young age of five. But I I love this division. I love the rivalries in it. You know, it goes up there. If I had to make a comparison, it's kind of like the AFC North with the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns, you know, they all have pounded each other for years. Same could be said, if not even more, for the NFC East. I mean, you have the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants, and I guess you could throw the Commanders in there. But as a Giants fan, I mean, we hate the Eagles. We hate the Cowboys. But there's still respect from them. Maybe not Eagles fans. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> there's still respect. So, you know, Robert, before we get into the teams, you know, you want to give your a little bit of your background uh, following this division? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, you're you, you and I are walking the same path, if not just a few miles away from each other. You know, born in in Brooklyn and raised in Queens, I happened to turn on to uh, WWOR, and uh, at the time it was uh, the New York Giants and not the New York Jets, and so uh, it was uh, it was blue for me, and uh, I've been following the Giants and the whole NFC East for pretty much my entire life, you know, as a fan and now as a as a professional bookmaker. And so this is a division that I know pretty much inside and out. Um, and it's going to be, um, I don't know if, if I don't want to really want to call it too predictable this year. There's, there's going to be some surprises. Um, you know, it's each franchise is going to have some, some real faults that I could find uh, whether or not any of them will be championship caliber. Um, you know, I guess we'll go ahead and, and peruse that in a little bit, but for certain, yeah, I mean, heck, uh, let's just say the first quarterback I remember was um, young Phil Sims. <laughs> so, wow. A little, a little while ago, Allie. Yeah, it, it's been a great, you know, run. Uh, the Giants. I always feel like every year that we're not expected to win, somehow we do win. I mean, both of our Super Bowls these past in the past, I'd say what decade and a half against the Patriots, like we were two of the biggest underdogs in Super Bowl history. So we, we don't do things easy. I will say that as a suffering Giants fan, but somehow we find a way to do it. So I would like to be surprised this year, but let's get right into the division. And we'll start with the Dallas Cowboys, because as you said on the predictability factor, they are the favorites to win this division. No surprise there. They won last season. They won the past few seasons. They have a solid team, Dak Prescott returns as quarterback. You have Zeke Elliott in the backfield. CeeDee Lamb engineers the wide receiving core. So, Robert, let's start. What are we looking at for the over-under win total right now and the odds attached to them? Right. It's the highest that we have in any team uh, in the division currently set at 10 wins. Uh, Season win total is 10, and it's uh, over minus 125. So the vast majority of the tickets that I've been getting on, on this team and this proposition has been on over the total alley. Got it. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I like the over. I, I really, you know, just because 
I look at this division and, you know, I'm not totally high on my Giants this year. That should come no surprise. I really am not a fan of the Commanders. I don't think Carson Wentz is the answer they were looking for. And as I've said on past shows, you know, I'm not high on Jalen Hurts or the Eagles. I I don't think that Jalen Hurts uh, is going to improve this year. I think he takes a big step backward and we see a regression. So by default, I think it's the Cowboys. And they do seem to have a better schedule than usual as, you know, I feel like the NFL just caters toward them. But, you know, schedule aside, this team has one of the best defenses in the NFC. I think they ranked last year, I want to say seventh overall from what I remember reading in points allowed. They had a rook- that rookie sensation, Mika Parsons at linebacker. Trayvon Diggs led the league in re- re- interceptions in the secondary. So I think that's what separates the Cowboys from the rest of the teams in the division is actually the defense and not so much the offense. I think the offense, we'll see them maybe struggle a little bit at the beginning of the season. I think Amari Cooper is going to be a bigger loss for them than we envision. And I just think that this is still one of the better regular season teams, keyword regular season teams, Uh (laughs) postseason, write them off. But yeah, what do you think, Robert? Well, so, you know, if you look at the number and and how we come to it, obviously it it all comes back to what their schedule rolled out with, uh, you know, several months ago. And I think that, yeah, based on just the win totals that I've set for every other team, their strength of schedule is the 10th easiest based on the projected win totals heading into this upcoming season. And this does really have a lot to do with being in the NFC East, as well as, you know, the other three divisional teams, you know, they're all inside the top six in the strength of schedule. You know, Dallas will get two tough games right out of the gate, you know, but I think they have the benefit uh, benefit of playing both of them at home. Uh, and of course, you know, Cowboys will get the Giants in their Thanksgiving game. Mm-hmm. You know, look, it, it, Cooper, Lael Collins, Randy Gregory, these are all key contributors. They're they're all gone now. You know, they did add, you know, some intriguing prospects. Uh, you know, Tyler Smith, uh, Sam Williams, I think will be pretty darn good. Uh, you know, but I just think that there's going to probably be a little bit of growing pains. And so, Ali, if you looked at, you know, your, your, your starting offensive weapons right from the outside, you're looking at Michael Gallup, who obviously is going to be, you know, the – the, the the vast majority of the targets will go to Gallup, and then there's of course Dalton. Right. Huh. Um, no, I, I one would think that just based on what we see everywhere and on on their schedule, it probably looks like the right number. Uh, Ali, yeah. you, you've already gone, you've gone over the total. I think that they might go slightly under the projected total. Well, yeah. I would love for that to happen. I, I, I still think they're going to be in, in in position, you know, to you know, to be a playoff team, depending on what else happens across the NFC. Right. Uh, especially considering that they're in a division, you know, right now that you, know, you might not need a ton of victories to win. Yeah. Well, you, we talked about several episodes ago, and also recent episodes, why that half point makes a huge difference. I agree with you. When I saw the number ten, I thought that was the perfect number for them. I think Dallas will is in prime position to have a 10 and seven season. Now, the reason I lean over is just because I could see them getting 11 wins more than I see them getting nine wins, because I think to win their division, 
you're going to need double digit wins. Now, if Vegas set the total to 10 and a half, I'm jumping on that under because I think 10 wins is perfect for them. So in this case, you need me to pick 10 over under. I'll take over. But I'm not going to be surprised if it's if it's an under if they end up in a nine and eight season. You're right because Randy Gregory, Lael Collins, those are huge losses, and I don't think they have really replaced either of those guys. Heck, they haven't replaced Cooper on offense. So this team isn't as good as last season. But like we were just saying, given their strength of set schedule, which is you know not as strong as other teams, given their division, I just. I'll give, I'll lean, I'll lean over, but you know, it's one of those bets that I'm not a hundred percent confident on. Like, it's not one that I'm like, yes, take it. But if I have to pick, yeah, I'll take over. What else are you thinking about the Cowboys this year? No, I think you're, you, you laid out everything that we're going to see. I mean, obviously, you know, I've already started to watch some training camp, uh, you know, starting this Thursday, we're, you know, we're basically into week one of preseason. So we're going to see an awful lot more. It's already started to lay itself out as to how much time the the, the starting uh, rosters will be playing. You know, many of them will be playing, uh, you know, maybe a quarter, sometimes maybe just a drive or two. Uh, you know, but uh, right now, from, from what I'm seeing just in training camp, look like their offensive line is really holding up as you know it used to so mm. uh Dak Prescott is, is he may need to get rid of the ball a little bit faster I I would you know I think we're going to be split here right out of the box alley good I like a little bit debate yeah. I'd rather you be right though than me. <laughs> I will say that I I think I'd probably lean uh under here uh maybe by a game that's about it and one of the things we haven't brought up yet, and I'm sure our CEO will agree, is Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. I, I never liked Mike McCarthy. I thought he wasted tons of years in Green Bay of Aaron Rodgers' prime. I don't think he's the right coach for the Cowboys. And that's one of the reasons why I say, yeah, maybe the Cowboys will have somewhat of a cakewalk in the regular season. Come postseason, we saw that mismanaged game last year against the Niners, Robert. I mean, I can't think of a worse, you know, minute plus drill that they had when Dak ultimately, you know, failed to let the referee place the ball in time. He ran, you know, with 14 seconds. He did a running play with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. I mean, that, you know, you could place blame on the players, but that ultimately comes down to the coaching staff. And I said, watching that game, I would have fired Mike McCarthy right on the spot for how he boggled that play. So, you know, what do you think about McCarthy? Is he on the hot seat this year? Is it basically they need to get one postseason win or even multiple postseason wins for him, for his job to be safe? What do you think? No, you're you're right. Absolutely. I'm not putting one, one ounce of blame on, on Dak Prescott for the way the game ended in the playoffs last season. You know, you got to, you have to have, uh, the, the coaching staff, the OC, you know, understand what you're looking at, how much time you have remaining, and you got to give time, uh, you know, for that last play. I don't think that was on Dak whatsoever. And so, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, in 2020 they went six and ten, big rebound for McCarthy. Went 12 and five last year. You know, before before the loss in the wild card round. I, I think that it's. Who are you going to go to? I, I honestly think that if 
even if he doesn't make the playoffs, unless it's a really you know a catastrophic finish to the season, Ali, I think we'll see uh, Mike McCarthy rolled out again and again and again because there's honestly there's there's not much that you know Dallas can do, and I I think you just got to give him a longer leash. Um, I think that's what Jerry Jones is going to do, you know, do exactly that. He does have a lot to figure out, right? Uh, you know, if you're going to be NFC East champions, uh, which, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm teasing into how I, how I think the division is going to play itself out. But I think that when you trade away, you know, Amari Cooper for, you know, a, a bag of cashews, you, you're, 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 you're really banking on Michael Gallup being excellent. Yeah. We're going to find that out very, very quickly. Yeah. That trade really baffled me that, not only that Cooper was traded, that they got a fifth rounder for him. Yeah. Like, like did his value just decrease overnight? Like, I, that that perplexed me. That baffled me beyond belief. But one, one wrench I'll throw in is, you know, we know that Jerry Jones loves hiring from within. We saw, he, you know, they groomed Jason Garrett, who eventually took over for Wade Phillips. Kellen Moore is an interesting name because he has done a great job the past few seasons as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Now, if Mike McCall McCarthy falters some way, if the Cowboys don't make the playoffs or if they have another quick first round exit, I could maybe see whispers of them potentially bringing Kellen Moore up, especially if they think in the off season that they're going to lose him to another head coaching position. So, you know, I think he's a name to look out for. What about you, Robert? You know, he's, he's great. Obviously, just a few years removed from a, a pro career as a quarterback. And so if anyone, uh, you know, you, you love seeing, you know, more youth invigorate the franchise. And I think that as the offensive coordinator today, uh, you know, that would give him an awful lot more credibility than anyone else from the outside alley. So that would be a really, really great selection. Heck, if I was Jerry Jones, that's what I would do if I had to find someone. I wouldn't even think about it and just say, look, uh, you know, again, assuming that, you know, they really, really need to move on from Mike McCarthy. I, I don't think I, you know, waste a second in, in, you know, having Kellen Moore in my office. hundred percent. So let's recap. I got, I, well, I, let's be fair. I think 10 is the perfect amount to set for them. I do think 10 wins is what they get, but I will lean over because I think they do win the division. And Robert, you say you have under and you like the Cowboys to still win the division, correct? Uh, I'll go under and no. Okay. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. Hear this one. So let's <laughs> move on then to the team that has probably, I would imagine, the next highest win total for the year after the Cowboys in the East, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. The last time we saw them, they were, I think, saying overmatched is a severe understatement against the Bucks in the wild card round. I mean, I remember you and I when we were talking about bets before the wild card round. We both looked, and it was like I think a I think the Bucks were a nine and a half or ten point favorite, and we were both like, "Lay the points!" Like, don't even look twice about it. Yes, so, you're right. I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, and people, a lot of people had the Eagles as the hot pit. Oh, they can upset Tom Brady. It wasn't even close. Like it was done in the first quarter from what I remember. <laughs> so Robert, let's go to the Eagles. What is their over under win total right now in the odds? Yes. Well, without a doubt, the Philadelphia Eagles sure did bounce into uh, quite the popular trend around the NFL. And they added a superstar receiver. The Eagles did far more than dabble by trading for AJ Brown on draft night. And so 
you know, his presence along with you know, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, and the Eagles offense, uh, we've got nine and a half as the season win total. And boy, I mean, Allie, right now I'm looking at nine out of every 10 win total tickets are over on the Eagles. 96% of the money is on the over. Um, you know, it was, you know, initially I opened it eight and a half flat. And um, now we're at nine and a half. It's just a, uh, an ocean of money to over the total on the Eagles. You know, off of that respectable, you know, nine and eight campaign, uh, you know, they do draw the second easiest schedule, you know, via opponent win total. So um, yeah, public sure likes it, and they probably see the same things that we do here. Well, when the public likes one team, I love the other team. So I think it comes as no surprise that, and I wrote this in my blog, so people don't say I'm having a knee-jerk reaction, but I am all for the under on this one. I've said this for weeks leading into the show. I think the Eagles are vastly overrated. I know they're stacked. I know, you know, wide receiver, they got the big trade for A.J. Brown. They have Devonta Smith, who they drafted in the first round the prior year. I think, I believe he set even the record last year for rookie reception for the Eagles. And you have Jalen Hurts, who many really believe that this is his breakout year. I'm the opposite. I saw Jalen Hurts in that wild card round. I watched him throughout college. I just, I don't think that his arm is an NFL franchise quarterback's arm. I, I, I think he struggles with accuracy issues. I think he struggles with seeing down the field. And I think this year that the Eagles, they, they do regress. I think that we saw the Eagles really took advantage of their schedule last year. I mean, people forget they were one in five against teams that were playoff teams last year. And that one win was against Dallas in, I believe it was the last game of the season when Dallas wasn't playing any of their starters. So this is a team that really capitalized on subpar talent, on subpar opponents last season. Now you have this season where, people are expecting them to win. I get it. They don't, they still don't have a strong schedule, but I don't know. I'm still, I'm fading them. I, I think maybe they, they top off at nine wins and that probably puts them in the playoff uh, race, probably in the wild card conversation. I think they win as much as eight wins in my opinion. I don't, I could see nine though. So I'm going under on this one. How about you, Robert? Allie. My goodness, this jersey bias is coming out right now from It's me. really not. This is like heavy vitriol. Look at you. <laughs> hey. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. All great points, great assessments on on how you're 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 seeing this. I just I think we see real development here. I really do. Okay. I honestly think that uh a lot of that is gonna have uh, something to do with Head coach Nick Sirianni, I really do, and and I think that what we're going to see is with the key additions. Obviously, you know, you mentioned AJ Brown, cornerback. Uh, you know, James Bradbury is going to be you know a, a really good improvement right. uh, over there. Uh, Hassan Reddick's going to be great on the edge. So, I mean, yeah, of course, you, you, for for every signature that you have, you, you have a loss. So they lost Stephen Nelson, but I think Bradbury is a plus there. Uh, I, I really do think that after the really ugly start that they had in the first half, that when you're able to put things together and run off a string of good wins against quality opponents in the second half, 
Yeah, the, the playoff result was was really, really bad. But look, Ali, I think they have, again, the, the distinct advantage of competing in the NFC East. You know, let's face it, it's not really, you know, one of the tougher NFL divisions right. like we talked about last week. You know, but, you know, they'll get to see each of the Cowboys, uh, Commanders and Giants twice. And obviously, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the other two teams in a moment. I, I think the Eagles easily take both games from New York. Uh, I, I see them winning both versus Washington. I think they probably split with Dallas home and home, right? And so then that brings the win total to five. Then they play the Steelers. So the AFC, they got the Steelers, Jaguars, Titans at home, and then you know Texans and Colts on the road. So I, if I give them two out of three at home and one of those away games, my total is now at eight, right? So then jumping over to the remaining NFC games, right? You know, you're, you're looking at you know, starting off the season as a four-point favorite versus the Lions, and I'm going to give them that, too. I don't know. I, Allie, I've got them at 10 wins. Hey, a lot of people do, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I've but, got them at 10. I've got them winning this division, Allie. I'm insane. Maybe this is the this is the part where I'm, I'm just pouring over way too many numbers in, in one given day, but, you know, looking at – Look, looking at the slate and, and, and pouring over our our agenda for the day, I just said to myself, I, I've got the Eagles winning this. Listen, I could, I always say this, I could be 100% wrong. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I love debating because you could bring so many different angles. Nick Sirianni is a good X factor because I really respect his coaching style. I think he is one of the brightest mind, up and coming minds in the NFL. I think Philly made the right choice when they did hire them him two seasons ago after they moved on from Doug Peterson. But it, to me, and I know their defense, same thing. I was upset to see James Bat- Bradbury leave the Giants and then go over to the Philadelphia Eagles. But they have improved their defense even more. They probably are right there with the Cowboys as having you know a top defense in the NFC. But again, for me, it all comes down to Jalen Hurts. And I don't think that he makes the next step. I think that we do see, I'll keep repeating it. I think we see a regression. I just, I know it's only one playoff game he had, but, and I stand corrected. He was, they were actually one in six against postseason teams last year in the regular season. So again, I think that we saw them beat up on a lot of bad teams, the giants, the lions last year, you know, this is just strictly too from a gut perspective is that I don't think Jalen hurts makes the next step. And I think for this team, this, for this team to succeed, it's not going to be like last year where they rely on a mile Sanders, Boston, Scott, Kenneth Gainwell on their running game to really get them victories. Cause we saw a lot of times last year where their running game was the reason why they won a lot of these games. I think that defense is clamped down. They know their style of attack. And they really start to put pressure on Hertz. So that's from my perspective. I think they're about in the eight, nine win total. I think you'll see a few upsets there. And one thing, Robert, I know you like them to sweep the Giants, but the Giants did beat them once last year. <laughs> oh, so, let's not just overreact to that. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Yes. Fair, all fair. Uh, this is um, boy, oh boy, Ali. Um, listeners, please uh, bookmark this episode. Bookmark this exact segment right here. 
I, I I would definitely um, looking forward to seeing how this season plays out, especially here on the Eagles. I'll be so bold to say that's one of my best bets of week one that I am taking Detroit plus four and a half at home. Money line? Uh, money line, maybe not. But <laughs> it's you know what? I always say week one is the hardest week to bet on that there's very rare occasions that I'll take a money line underdog unless I'm a hundred percent confident that they will win because so I will gladly take those four and a half points though. I think that it'll be a very close game. I think a field goal will decide it. And you know what? Detroit's one of those teams. I think, you know, we'll save this more for our later episode when we talk about the NFC South or North rather, I think Detroit is one of the, underrated teams in this game today they had a lot of close games last year against very good opponents the rams the ravens which you know we all know in the ravens game they probably should have won that game had it not be for the officials blowing that but i think detroit is a very good up-and-coming team i think they aren't getting a lot of respect but they're a team that that could upset some of these good teams i will say that though robert who are you taking week one um, I gotta take points. That's just like a default yeah. gut gut reaction for me. So where there's four and a halfs, I can already tell you. Uh, I've I've set my number down to four. Uh, I just I just I, at home, you know, catching more than a field goal. Uh, it just to me, I I savor those, you know, especially in week one of the NFL. Um, I could almost blindly make a case. I mean, look, listeners. I mean. You're you're getting plus. Just forget about yeah. what's happening. You know who's playing who. You're already up. You're plus points. How how do you how does that not you know appease you here? I I would I would probably take plus every single place that I could in week one of the NFL this year. Oh, that's that's my week one strategy. Like I said, I don't really bet the money line for underdogs, but I take more points in you know a, in whatever a sixteen game slate than any other week than week one. I love points week one, but we'll get to more of that preview on another week. So we will move on to, as I always deemed, and my friend is a Washington fan, so he always gets upset when I say that, but it's kind of, Washington's always kind of been the Mr. Irrelevant team, I feel like, in the division, because they're just kind of there. I mean, this is just from my perspective. What do you think? Right, this is going to be a really uh, an unusual, maybe even an uncomfortable season for Washington. Uh, their season win total was set to eight. Um, and it's actually starting to move towards the under. It's minus 120 now, Allie. And uh, look, there, there's there's a brand new look to the commanders. Uh, you know, they did come off of a you know, sort of exciting season two years ago. But then they had a really disappointing one last year. Uh, quarterback play just was not as good. They, they struggled, no. you know, as a whole. Uh, look, losing Chase Young early—that that's never going to be, you know, a happy season. And then you know Fitzpatrick suffering the season-ending hip injury in the first game, you know, kind of derailed everything right out of the box. So um, here, um, not as much activity as as we have on on the Eagles, but. Uh, right now, the majority of the tickets are going under that eight win total on the commanders. Yeah, and I'll actually side with the majority here. I I think it's I think it's an under. 
I'm not a huge fan of Carson Wentz. I never was a big fan of Carson Wentz. I thought that he was the Achilles heel on the Colts last year, and you can argue that they missed the postseason largely in part to Carson Wentz's play. He made a lot of bad decisions toward the end of the season. Look, the commanders, you know, they could be a sneaky pick to make the playoffs. I I won't, it, but everything has to go their way. And I don't think everything will go their way. I don't think Wentz will be the answer that they're looking for. And they got to play him, Robert. I mean, the guy's making what, 20 something million a year. Like you're, you're not going to bench Carson Wentz in favor of Taylor Heineke. You're, you're just not going to do that. They have Terry McLaurin, who's one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. When healthy, Logan Thomas is one of the better tight ends, I believe, in the league. And you have a solid running back in Antonio Gibson. So on paper, this team should win some games. But what concerns me is their defensive unit. Chase Young aside, they really are not a good defensive team. They ranked in the bottom last year in all categories, points allowed you know, yards allowed per game. And they really didn't do a lot in the off season to improve the defense. So for me, this is an under, what about you? Yeah, I, I think it's an under as well. I mean, they really banked on improving their offense by bringing in Carson Wentz, giving him the contract. So it's a big risk there, but they did need a reliable QB one, right? right. You, you can't say, Hey, uh, everybody, you know, thanks so much for renewing your season tickets and whatnot and here's uh Henneke. yay i mean nothing against him he's fantastic you know he's a professional nfl quarterback but you know we, you, you bring in carson wentz they also you know spent big money signing uh you know trey turner he's going to help the offensive line i think you know in a far bigger way than you know most others did last season they have a relatively easy schedule Ali. i just think you know it, there's there's a section that just gets so so hard. You know, you, you, they're gonna play the Colts, Titans, the Packers. Um, you know, getting the playoffs, uh, it, it, they're gonna need to pull off a, a number of upsets. And I just, I, I don't know if this is going to happen this year. Just will they win? Yeah, they're not gonna be the worst. They're no. certainly not gonna be the best. I just think they're just kind of, they're gonna probably just trudge right around that five hundred mark, Alley. Yeah, I I think seven wins is about right for them. They do have a brutal stretch, you know, right starting a week through. They have the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Titans. They get a little break with the Bears, but then they have Green Bay, Indianapolis, Minnesota. I mean, that that's it's not the toughest I've seen, but it's pretty tough and it's going to be pretty testing. And you also have to factor in, you know, is Carson Wentz going to stay healthy? He did for the most part last season against the Colts. But we saw with the Eagles, you know, the guy was getting hurt. So he's another year older and he has to learn another playbook. This is his third team in three seasons. Yep. So I don't know how well he does in mesh. I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he knows he spent, you know, besides last season, he spent his, his entire career in this division. So he knows he's very familiar with the Giants, the Cowboys and his former team, the Eagles. But I don't see him. I don't see him producing, Robert. I think he goes to a weaker team than the Colts. You know, Jonathan Taylor is is light years ahead of Antonio Gibson in terms of top talent. You know, maybe he gets a better receiver. I would take Terry McLaurin over Michael Pittman, but he definitely downgrades on the defensive side. So, 
yeah, I'm with you. I think that this is an under. I think this team, you know, they toy with playing around 500. Maybe they make a little noise that they're in the playoff hunt, but I'm not high on this team. I think that it's just another – it's like what Washington has always been, from what I can remember, kind of like a mediocre team. You know, they're not terrible. They're not great. They're just – they kind of float there. So I don't think there's really much more to add. So you and I both like the under, correct? Yeah, we yeah we both agree, and you're absolutely right. It's a, uh, the word float is pretty much what they're going to do. They'll probably feast on the teams that they have to. They'll lose where they will, um, you know, but if you – if you ask me, will there be more upsets uh, in, in their favor than against? Uh, it'll probably be against. I could see them losing some of the games that they're supposed to win. Like like you mentioned to the Bears, I could see them losing that. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, in Chicago primetime, I could definitely see them losing to the Bears. Heck, maybe even the Texans give them a little run when they play at Houston, you know, the week before Thanksgiving. So th- this is a team that they can dis- they can get disappointed I mean, Detroit, even week two, I, we just talked about how I think Detroit's a very improved squad, so they can put up a fight, but I don't want to waste too much time because I want to talk about my New York Giants. So before I say anything, Robert, give us a preview of the Giants. What's their win total and what is their odds? Well, I sure wish this was a different number, but <laughs> the season win total for the New York Giants this year is a flat, big circled seven. And right now there is uh, really no push uh, in any direction over or under. It's kind of equal both ways here. And uh, look, a lot, of, a lot of new, a lot of shiny. Um, Allie, I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one away for us. Okay, when I saw this number seven, I actually had a had a double take. I did not think our win total was going to be this high at number seven. I, I honestly, I didn't. I thought we were going to sit around five and a half, six. When I saw seven, I was like, seven. If we have a seven and ten record this season, up from what four wins, you know, last season, and, and I'll, I'll take seven wins. So <laughs> I was really surprised by the number, but when I thought more of it, you know. Maybe this is just because I'm used to the Giants losing for so many years. This is a team where we've just always been ravaged by injuries. You know, Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy since his rookie campaign. Daniel Jones, same thing. Can't stay healthy. Our wide receiving core last year, shambles. Not once did I ever see, you know, our first round pick, Kadarius Towney, Tony, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, all on the field at the same time. So if this team, you know, both the fan in me and the unbiased analysis analyst in me, I think this team healthy seven wins is about where I see them, you know, where I see them maxing out. I really like the head coach hire and Brian DeBall. I was, I thought it was time for, to move on for Joe judge. And let me rewind a little bit. I really was a fan of Joe Judge, too. But I didn't like how he handled the end of last season. You know, what, kneeling on a third down play with Jake Fromm, like, at your, what, five-yard line? I think he lost the respect of the locker room. I think it was time to move on. You know, got rid of Gettleman. And if you're going to get rid of the GM, get rid of the coach, too. Just start anew. 
I really like Brian DeBall. I really like our GM, Joe Schoen. So this is going to be, well, let's put it this way. This team's success is going to come down to, is this Daniel Jones' season where he shows he is the future for this team or he's not a starting quarterback next year? That's honestly what it comes down to, is Daniel Jones' success. Even if Barkley's healthy, even if all the receivers stay healthy, it all comes down to can Daniel Jones, A, win games for them, and B, you know, they got to score points. They, you know, field goals are just I – I don't want to see another field goal. I want to see touchdowns. <laughs> so it comes down to Daniel Jones' success. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, no, it certainly does, and I am – I'm happy, right? It, it was – a lot of, I mean, I, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and speak as a fan for the first time ever on the, on our podcast because I mean, after all, this is yeah, it's been a team I've been following since I could remember, and so uh, a lot of, a lot of bad bad results, and a lot of them had to do just with just no talents, no one to throw to, no time. You know, I I, I don't know how many times I looked up to see you know Daniel Jones running for his life. Yeah, at times, you know, running pretty nicely, you know, a 40-yard gain, a 35-yard gain. But look, that's not what it's about. It's about having the most complete team, and it just didn't happen. Uh, you know, I think Sean – so look, both of them, you know, Gable and Sean both, you know, just you – know, they're fresh off of building a solid team for the Buffalo Bills, right? The draft, I couldn't have been happier with the first round with, you know, selecting, you know, Thibodeau and then Evan Neal in the first round. I mean, heck, both of them were in discussion alley. They, they were supposed to be like the first overall pick. You got both of them in the first round. You know, so you add, you know, Lewinsky at guard uh, and Feliciano to shore up the offensive line in front of Jones. <sighs> you bring in Tyrod Taylor, I guess, to back up and maybe to compete with Daniel Jones at quarterback. Uh, Brita, Ricky Seals Jones. So, I mean, there's, there's new pieces. Uh, Look, it's been forever since they made the postseason, and it's you know starting to grate on the the nerves of not only the fans, but I'm sure you know the the entire executive team and ownership. So they they haven't won six games, you know, in like what since 2016. So we're looking at seven now. So we're we're, we're clearly aiming for an, a step up and an improvement. I think that we do see. You know, a jump start on offense. You know, last year they ranked 31st in yards and points last year. Jones definitely regressed, if anything, in his third year. Uh, You know, and without him, you know, the offense, you know, tanked even further. They they never even scored more than 20 points during that six-game week. So I I think we see, you know, more pluses than minuses here. Don't know if they even get the seven wins though, Allie. No, I mean, as you know, both even as a fan and just you know, analyzing this from a non biased perspective, I don't see them getting seven wins. I will be a like I said, I will be ecstatic if they do, but I think, I think six wins would be even a little bit of a stretch. I think five wins is more what we're looking at. But, you know, what it comes down to, like I said, I just want to see if Jones can perform with these guys healthy. 
Because like you said, Robert, you know, he had the worst offensive line in football the past few seasons. So you can't totally put the blame on him. I mean, yes, he does have to do a better job taking care of the ball. He did kind of cut down on turnovers last year, but he has to make a significant jump. But this really is a make or break for him. And I really like Daniel Jones. I didn't love when David Gettleman drafted him at number six overall. I mean, there's a video of me when I worked at Fox Sports of just freaking out in front of the TV, <laughs> throwing a bunch of stuff. I'll have to dig that out of the archives. But, you know, I, I think that he the kid does have a good work ethic. I don't think he'll ever be elite. He could be a, a decent game manager. I think that's what his, his ceiling is. So, you know... I'm like you. I just want to see improvement. I really like both of our draft picks like you. I think Kayvon Thibodeau was a steal. I don't care what anyone says at number five. Like like that. This was a guy that people were projecting to go number one overall just a few months ago. Right. And we got him at number five. Evan Neal, you know, he was who we were projected to get at number five. And yes. then we managed to get him at number seven. So I think that the steps are slowly being made. But if, if Dan- it comes down to Daniel Jones, I can't reiterate that enough. And we're giving him the opportunity, the best opportunity he's had since he's been on the team to achieve a good amount of success this season. So I'm with you, though. I think this is an under, unfortunately, but I would love to be surprised. I would love to be surprised. But let's be honest, you know. Yeah, this is an under for me. Okay, fair enough. I mean, look, they got early matchups against I'm just looking at their schedule. At the Panthers, Bears, Jaguars, Seahawks. I mean, no, it wouldn't be shocking if, if the Giants, with I guess a little bit of luck, would probably head into their bye week at or above 500. You know, it, it just really soft at the front end. You know, it, it's the division schedule is backloaded. And, you know, since they're the worst team in the division, it's going to be hard to predict more than one or two wins for those matchups. Right. You know, then you're going to have Minnesota in the home game against the Colts in back-to-back weeks later in the year. I, Listen, I, I think I, you could get. I think I think you know right before the bye week. I think you can, even though they're away games. I think Jacksonville's a potential win. I think Seattle's definitely a potential win. I think you could. You know, you have the Bears at home. That's another potential win. And I will say, week two. Carolina, we'll get into this on a later episode, but one one thing I love is betting against teams coming off their quote-unquote Super Bowl win. Now, Carolina has to face the Browns in week one. You don't think Baker Mayfield's going to go all out for that game? So week two, you could see them having a little bit of a hangover oh. and then having to play against the Giants. The Giants could capitalize on that. Yeah, no you know? Doubt. There's a really good chance. So I'm looking at right there in the first half of the season, potentially four wins right there. I mean, the best thing would have to happen for them to get four, four wins. But then coming off the bye, Houston, that could be your fifth win of the season. Detroit's, even though I'm really high on them, it's you know it's in New York. That's definitely winnable. But then you're right. The last, the latter half of the season from Thanksgiving on is not looking in their favor. So, like I said, I think five five wins is where they max out at. Six if I'm going to be generous. But, you know, again, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. I think that's the best as a Giants fan that you can say. Uh, this will be the only time you'll hear me uh, wave a little team flag. And so I'm, I'm hoping for a, a great season 
you know, but I'm, I'm a realist. <laughs> if, if they could crack, if they could crack that seven win total, I'll be very, very happy. What's your, what's your perspective of Jones though, entering this year? You know, what do you think he has to do to earn that franchise tag and for management to say for year number five, Hey, you know, you did improve this year. We're going to give you, we're going to pick up that franchise tag and let you be our quarterback for another season. No, no, Ali. I mean, I, I, I collapsed to the floor when they drafted him. I was having flashbacks to Dave Brown at it. Dude. Oh gosh. Stop. Don't do this to me again. And they did. <laughs> and it's look, it's just not. I look, I guess like every quarterback, they have strengths and weaknesses, right? right. And so you need to find his strengths and, and key in on those. I just feel like his strengths more are his legs than his arm. Yeah. That's a problem. I mean, I, it is. I need someone that's going to be able to hit a target because it's, you know, it's the wide receivers. It's, I mean, we haven't, I can't believe we've gone so far. We haven't mentioned the word Saquon Barkley. Oh this, yeah. This guy is an incredible talent. So again, better offensive line. I want to see, I really would like to see Saquon Barkley carry this ball 200 times this year. I really would. I think that that, you know, coupled with finding a good favorite target for Jones, I really think we could see improvement this year. Uh, but again, you know, like everywhere else, you know, you, you got to stay healthy. You stay healthy. You find a, a good, uh, a really good chemistry with the offensive line. And then, you know, get yourself one or two targets that you know you could rely on that won't have a case of the dropsies from week to week. I think things could get better. I really do. I, I just, and I'm not even saying, you know, I, I have faith here. I, I really think that the pieces are there for improvement. Just not, well, <laughs> again, if they get to 500, that'd be incredible. But, you know, I, I just love to see them hit that seven win total. Ali, I'm sure you'd love to be pleasantly surprised too, but you're just not seeing it. No, yeah. Again, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. I think maybe, you know, we, we've been talking too much about the offense. Like on, on our defense, you know, hey, you know, the linebacking core, we definitely approve. We're going to get Blake Martinez back. I love, you know, our, our defensive line. I Like I said, I think Kayvon Thibodeau was a steal. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence right there in the middle. Like those are solid, you know, guys. What worries me, too, is the secondary. We mentioned James Bradbury before. Not only did we lose James Bradbury, we lost Lo- Logan Ryan. I mean, we we lost a lot of the secondary. So we really entered the season without much experience. I mean, yeah, you got you still got a Dory Jackson, but his health is always a question mark. But then you have unproven guys on cornerback like Aaron Robinson. And same thing with safety. You know, even though I'm high on Xavier McKinney, he still doesn't have a lot of experience. Same thing with Julian Love. So I'm worried, too, on our secondary. That's definitely going to need improvement come the offseason. But, again, the, even though they don't have a lot of experience, you know, experience is only earned being on the field. So maybe the more playing time they get, the better they are. But the, the secondary still worries me. So I, I just – especially when you play in a division where you have – a, a hot offense like Dallas and Philadelphia, if they do to, to your point, if Philadelphia comes out swinging, like you predict, 
you know, that's those are hard receivers to to cover. So what do you think about the defense? Yeah, no, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm over here. You're, I'm just marking off the check marks. I'm like, yeah, this, yes, Ali, correct there. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, uh, how can I combat this? Uh, um, yeah, we don't have Eli Apple. I guess that's good. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. The, the secondary is unproven. I I honestly hope that you know as we look more at training camp unfolding and we're we're going to start to see this um this first preseason game which you know right now i could say it's it's a really intriguing game because it's the first of it's really officially the first preseason game of the year the giants uh, and the patriots which uh, already had a really significant line move uh, the giants now a two and a half point favorite total set to 33 and a half only because of of the leans the coaches the coaching staff has already announced how much playing time uh, you know the starters are going to have, and, it, and it's really altered the the point spread in the game. That's typically how preseason goes. You know, first to that information, you, know, you could see a line move move significantly here. But I, I really would love to see the defense uh, show me something in, in in the first you know 10, 12 minutes. You know, and that that could give us some hope for you know for this coming season. I mean, it's 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 possible. You know, and again. You know, how much of, of Mac Jones are we going to see before they get to Brian Hoyer? I don't know. Um, but I, I just want to see some things that, that give us you know, some some reason to believe that the defense is going to be improved over last. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But I don't want I know we get to talk about the Giants all day, so we will move on. Let's quickly in the short time we have left. Let's let's talk about rankings. And, you know, I want to focus on the quarterbacks. Cause when you do look at this division, you know, the NFC is unlike other divisions. We talked about the AFC West last year. That's just stacked with good quarterbacks. You don't really see, I would say elite quarterbacks by far in our division. So, I mean, let's put it this way. Dak's probably by default number one, but how, how do you rank the quarterback situation after Dak, Robert? Right. So Dak's probably, He's likely the best at the end of the year, just statistically speaking. I, I think he's probably the best, but I think I think Hertz has a higher ceiling than him. Okay, that's 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 a good take. I, I do. I, I think he has a higher ceiling, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if his uh, just statistical you know KPIs will be better than Dax this year. I I think that the offensive line uh, will. Um, not match last year's production for Dallas, which you know in general wasn't as good as the year before that. So that's trending downwards, and I think that's going to play a, a heavy factor in how uh, Dak's performance will be for Dallas this this year. So I'll I'll probably go ahead and, and just say that I think Hertz is actually going to be number one. So I'd rank wow one in the division, followed by Dak, and then uh, Jones, then Wentz. Okay. I'm close. I, I will put Hertz over Jones and Wentz based on potential alone because, yes, even though I'm not high on him, if he does hit his ceiling, I think that, yes, he, he's right up there. You know, I kind of look at him almost like a Kyler Murray. So if that's sure. a fair comparison, that if he gets to that kind of status, I can see, you know, him potentially challenging Dak. I still don't see it. So 
I will keep him at number two based on potential alone. But I had, I had a, a disagreement the other day when someone told me I was crazy for putting Daniel Jones over Carson Wentz. I just think we've seen all we're going to see of Carson Wentz. You know, the guy's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. He had his chance that one year in Philly and Nick Foles, you know, took over the reins. I think he's always going to be one, you know, throw or run away from getting injured again. So again, based on potential, I'm going to put Jones over Wentz. So we agree with, with that. Um, We disagree with Hertz and Dak, but yeah, that that's totally fair. Now let's move on to the coaches. Where are you ranking them? Wow. Okay. This is good. Uh, So Probably not. Uh, all right, from four to one. I don't know. Could we, can I give Dayball an incomplete for now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess really would love to see, you know, one season out of him. But if, if okay, if we have to, I'll, I'll put Dayball four, Mike McCarthy three, Ron Rivera, two, only because of how much he'll be able to do with very little. And then give me Nick Sirianni. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being biased for some crazy reason. I just, you know, think of the names and the teams that we just went through. And for me, Sirianni is really the only coach that makes sense because of that. And I, we, we call it call to it, that midseason turnaround and then the trajectory of the team. I, I just think that that's, you know, now with you know, now that he's been given a loaded roster with some really nice, really good offensive weapons, um, it's be hard to say that his expectations are low when you add you know great players like like they just did. So I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Nick Sirianni number one, Allie. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. When I said earlier, I really like Nick Sirianni. I think that was the best decision the Eagles made was to bring him in after Sirianni I think yes by default you have to go Ron Rivera and then you know I know we're putting a a question mark next to Brian DeBall but I'm putting him over Mike McCarthy I don't care what anyone says I do (laughs) not like Mike McCarthy there's nothing to do with the Cowboys this goes back even and like I said our CEO will agree this goes back to the Packer days I don't think he's a good coach I'm not for recycled coaches, and that's what essentially I think Mike McCarthy is at this point, just a recycled coach. You know, you could put him on a good team. He'll get you the bare minimum, and that's basically what he did with Dallas last season. So I'll put DeBall over him just because we just talked about potential. I like DeBall's potential over where Mike McCarthy is going to max out coaching this Cowboy squad. Uh, I would love to talk about this division all day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's probably not one of the best, but it's definitely one of the more interesting. So we are we are going to end the episode, but we will have another great episode next week. I'm sure our CEO would love to listen in on that. We are talking the NFC North. Obviously, obviously, there's a lot to talk about because the Packers are without Devontae Adams this year. So we'll see how the Packers will do. I'm still high on the Packers. I'll give you a little preview. But the rest of the division, you know, we mentioned a little bit the Lions, high on the Lions. And then we'll talk some Bears, some Vikings next week. So before we do sign off, Robert, any last tips for our, our listeners out there? And no doubt, as, as you know, as we are approaching the preseason for the NFL season this year, 
really, nothing matters more to me in, in making a line than in what these coaches have to say. And how do I find them out from the incredible work that all of the reporters do at training camp? And so uh, that's where I get my information. You know what? Keep repeating it. It's on Twitter. So grab that information, see who's starting, see for how long they're starting. That's going to give you a very good tell in what that point spread should be. Always remember to make your own number first. Yep. Where you lie versus where the bookmaker said it. Yeah, I don't think I could stress that last point enough. I mean, we just talked about it. I was shocked seeing the Giants were at number at a number seven for their win total. So, you know, like Robert said, before every before the lines come out every week that Monday, I take a look at the matchups and I make my own line. That's always just been a habit I do. You know, I, I wait till Monday because I want to see how each team played that Sunday. I'll wait, you know, the following day for teams that play the Monday night. But definitely make your own lines first because, you know, if you make, let's just say that it's a Cowboys-Eagles game and you have the Cowboys minus one and the line comes out and the Eagles are favored by three points. I mean, that's going to tell you something right there, like what you should be looking into. So it may help you do a little bit more research before you pull that trigger on the Cowboys bet. So always great advice as usual, Robert. I thank everyone for joining and I'm excited again for next week's episode. So take care and have a good one.